So right. it's like combos and yeah. fun dip oh and my God. Snickers. My wife's going to love all this. Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast with your host, Mark Barato. This is the Backyards of Key West podcast. My name is Mark Barato, and I am sitting with Keith St. Peter. Is that how you say it? Yep, St. Peter. All yep. right. Or I figured it would be like something French, like St. Peter. It is. I mean, it's St. Peter. Technically, when they came over here, it was, you know, anglicized to yeah. say St. Peter. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So um, uh, you are one of the owners of Glitchcraft, right? Is that how we mm-hmm. say Because some people are like, I say Glitchcraft, and they're like, I don't know. Is that Glitch? And I'm like, yes, that's that. But- the it, technical name. Well, the technical name is Glitchcraft, and that was actually because when we were doing this project to open it, um, like two weeks before we opened, uh, we were informed that there was a glitch in Fort Lauderdale. There is, yes. Which we didn't know about. Right. Uh, and we kind of reached out to them, because we used to own the porch, too, right. before that closed, and you know, there had been times where we'd just reach out to another bar and be like, yo, you know, you're cool, we're cool, let's right. all be cool. Right, let's collaborate. Right, and I tried that with uh, the glitch in Fort Lauderdale, and they were not having it. Wow. And, uh, you know, and the guy was right. He's like, look, you know, we are trying to expand and all that. And they had first use. I was like, absolutely cool, right. man. You know what I mean? So our fallback name was Glitch Craft, right. which craft we actually beers. like, right, Craft Beers, right. Witch Craft. Yeah. You know, it, it plays a lot of fun right. terms on the words. And, uh, so we went with that. Uh, they're actually still fighting us about that right now. So, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, if you're listening, please be friendly. <laughs> we all want to drink beer and enjoy ourselves here. Yeah. I mean, we're in this cool, like, hidden office game room. I'm, like, setting up and I'm looking around. I'm like, Aquaman number one in the corner. I see figures everywhere. You know, because I'm a kid of the 90s, right? I'm 45 years old. So it's like, this is speaking all my language, all this stuff here. Well, it's funny that you say that because, I mean, we... You know, I'm of the same age as you. I'm, yeah. I'm 42. Yeah. Tomorrow, actually. Pretty much the same. Oh, happy right. birthday. Thanks. Um, and, you know, what we tried to do here, and my partners are the same age that we are. Yeah. Uh, so we were just trying to kind of recreate the stuff from our childhood, yeah. almost like a like a museum of childhood memories yeah. as, as the ambiance, you know, backdrop of what we we're trying to do. And that just happens to be the 80s. Right. Because that's our age. Yeah. We didn't try to make an 80s bar. You right. know what I mean? That right. was just from that because yeah. that is our age group. So Right. And the cool thing about branding, because I'm in marketing and branding, is that this is like, like my kid's 11 and he loves all this shit now because when it's got a strong brand, it just you know, there's sticking powers forever. I mean, look at Marvel, uh, right? The cinematic look universe. Look at Marvel. Like, look at Transformers. Yeah, like, they're all still around. All of them. Yep. Wonder Woman. I mean, all that shit is coming back with a vengeance. Um, and and my kid's just loving it up. He's loving all every minute of it. So I'm going to bring him in here, and he's going to be like, "Oh my god, look at this, and look at this, and look at all this stuff." Yep. Star Wars on the wall, and pictures of Boba Fett, and like you know all this cool stuff. So, so that's cool. You you took. Uh, the stuff that you guys enjoyed, all you guys, and said, like, look, let's just incorporate all that. Now, is this a collection of some of your guys' garages that you now have a place to put it? Yes. Uh, some of it was, you know, personal collection, and then we purchased and sought out a bunch of pieces for the project. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my very, very patient wife, because uh, my apartment looked like a fucking Toys R Us for, like, <laughs> yeah. six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was funny. Um, I was doing so much eBaying and stuff for this project that at one point they shut down my PayPal. Yeah. And I was like, what? So I ended up having to call, da, 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 and I ended up talking to this lady and yeah. the man in her PayPal. And halfway through, I'm like, oh, shit, I get it. You think it's a kid stole his parents' credit card. Oh, my God. And, and went stole. to town. Yeah. I had to prove that I was like, no, this is actually my account. <laughs> this is my credit card. I'm fucking 40 plus. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, great. it was funny, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm glad they're doing that, just in case. Yes. Look yeah. my credit card. It is 20000 and old toys being bought. And right. My kids get the card. They'll at least shut it down. But Apple, I'm sure, wouldn't do that, because if my kid bought, like, 5,000 skins on Fortnite, I'm sure I'd be in big trouble, and, and they'd be like, I'm sorry, you need to take care of him yourself. We can't, right. we can't handle that. So, 
why this location? Uh, I know you've been in the business before. Why don't you tell me a little bit about some of the things you've done before? Sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm a chef by profession. Mm-hmm. That's my background. Uh, so I kind of came at this whole, and Key West in general, from a food mm-hmm. uh, aspect. Uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, we owned the uh, cafe, the vegetarian place. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, she, uh, one of my best friends, Chris Schultz, uh, and I opened the porch. Right. That was our first kind of bar endeavor. Uh, ever or in Key West? Ever. Right. Um, which was kind of, I mean, coming from the Northeast, from Vermont, like, you know, craft beer, you can't throw a rock without yeah. hitting someone who's brewing. Yeah. And when I moved down here, like, you know, the biggest craft beer was like yingling. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. But just about the time we were talking about doing the project, uh, the craft beer distribution line started opening up down here. It was, it kind of magically fell hand in hand. Um, so we found, uh, the place at the old Porter mansion uh-huh. and we did the porch. And how long ago was that? Uh, eight years okay. ago. Um, and the porch was awesome and super fun and kind of definitely a place in time and beloved, you know, by uh, thousands of people. Yeah. Um, and our lease came up and there was a lease issue with our landlord, right. which is an issue in this town, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's only so much real estate down here. Right. Uh, so my partner at that time, uh, business partner, Chris, he had opened general horseplay across the street. Uh, and we were looking at what to do and kind of from the porch, you know, the porch got so crazy busy at the end, Yeah, which was, I mean, you could argue great financially, right? but for me, it was almost anxiety ridden, yeah. you know, at the end, like our fun, cool clubhouse it was not work now Lots had, you know, 5,000 people at it on a yeah. Friday night. And there was, you know, two door guys and a, I mean, it got, yeah. you know, which was again, place and time was fine and cool. Right. But the lesson personally that I learned and, uh, when my business partner here, Adam, who was my manager there at the time, when we did this project, we wanted to trade number of people through the door uh-huh. for time spent here. Right. Which is so why we went after having all the board games, you know, having some of the video games, having the tables where people can sit down and play Uno right. or whatever. That that was important to us. Right. We wanted, you didn't want like a revolving door of, of thousands of people coming through for an hour. Correct. Yeah. yeah we rather, I'd rather have a hundred people stay all night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And okay. enjoy themselves and, yeah, you get to know your customer, your client, which is like those are your your raving fans. I mean, that's how you really have a long-lasting business. And also, I mean, you know, we're technically a cafe here uh, with a beer and wine, you know, and sake and all that. But it was important to us, too, because we find a lot of times when you go out to a bar, most bars, I'm going to say 95% of bars, you're there to, to drink. Right. Which is great. Especially here. Yeah, especially in QS. Absolutely. I mean, this whole town is built on that, which is yeah. great if that's your thing at that time. Right. And when we were younger, it was our thing. Right. Now, being, you know, in the right. 40s, yeah. that's less appealing. The actual going out to drink just to drink, where here, you know, we find it awesome that, you know, you'll see six people playing a board game. Yeah. Or there'll be a big Uno game going on outside. So people are interacting with each right, other, too, right. which is neat. Not just shot, phone, you know what I mean? Yeah, on to the next one. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's very much like a house party feel here. That's that's from what I'm getting right away without even seeing the crowd that you're like coming to some cool house party. And what do you do when you go to a house party, especially when we were growing up? You like packed everybody in the car. You went and you're there till they told you to leave. You weren't like going to another place because there was no other place. Sure. And that's kind of what the feel is. It's yeah. got like a cool vibe in here. And um, to see people interacting, whether again, you know, it's playing Guitar Hero against each other yeah. or a cool board game. That's that's more fun to us now to see than just a beer and a shot for, yeah. the, for the sake of a beer and a shot. Yeah. 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 Do the beer and a shot because you've lost at Pac-Man down there. And that's, that's right. part of the game you're playing. And also with that, I mean, cause we try to be fairly family friendly too. Mm-hmm. So, and one of my business partners here doesn't drink alcohol at all. Right. So that's why we did it like we did as a cafe. Cause I mean, we have awesome coffees, a ton of non-alcoholic, you know, choices. Yeah, also, we have awesome. root beer on draft. Wow, you know what I mean. So, so cool. you don't have there isn't that pressure too yeah. of 
if you're not drinking a yeah. glass of wine, why are you here? That's Well, you know, it reminds me one of the things I do with my kid when I was living in Miami all the time is it was so smart, which is like what you have going on here, is that they had a couch. And it was a wine bar and they had a couch in the front with like a TV with all this PlayStation and all these games. So I'd be like, honey, we're going out for a guy's night. And me and the kid would go and I would get him like some apple juice and I would drink wine and I'd sit there and he'd play Fortnite or whatever other game. We'd play games together. Sure. But now it's like root beer on flow, uh, on draft is like definitely more of like he's going to feel like the experience. You know, like give me two, one for him and one for me, right? And right. throw it at the end of the bar and he feels like he's going to be part of the experience, which is cool. And in that vein too, I mean, all like the snacks that we have are kind of reminiscent of what you or I would have gotten, you know, hanging out at our friend's basement for the weekend or whatever. So right. it's like combos and fun yeah. dip oh and my God. Snickers. My wife's going to love all this, and, too. You know, Cracker Jacks and all yeah. that type of stuff. Just kind of for that fun, nostalgia part of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so is that the age group of the crowd that are coming in here? Or is it is it parents? Is it 40s? Or is it you still get the 20-year-olds coming in? Well, all of the above. Uh-huh. I mean, it's definitely, well, two things, I think, you know. Craft beer people are the most researching search out yeah. location people on the planet, yeah, very which is cool. Right. So they'll find us because yeah. we do have an you know an amazing draft list. Uh, but then after that, it's people our age. Uh-huh. Um, it's people our age, like you said, bringing in their kids right. to you know go. This is you know the toy that you yeah. know your dad used to play with right. as a kid or whatever, and all those type of things. And then probably the least demographic is, you know, the 20s to 30s. Now, are they coming now, in some because of them, it's some hip, of them. or are they coming in because they want the beer, or do you know why yet? Or With The 20s to yeah. 30s? Yeah. Uh, probably all of the above. Okay. You know what I mean? And how long have you been open for? We opened at the end of December of 2018. Okay. So. Eight months right now, yeah, something like that. Right, so you're not even a full cir- a cycle of a year nope. with all the season and everything. Nope. I mean, you're like coming into. I mean, we have September around the corner, but then you got prime time, sure. right? October, November, December, and then holiday. And I mean, I'm sure holiday here is going to be awesome. Yeah, like yeah, I'm sure you'll be setting up stuff and yeah, and we'll do a bunch of events and you know, people have already started inquiring about you know, can we rent it out for our holiday party and yeah. that sort of stuff. But I mean, also with any because I also own Cogent Noodle Bar, uh-huh. uh. And all all of the products that we've ever done in this town, uh, we just we go after the local business. Yeah. It's the only business I care about. Right now, don't get me wrong. It, you know, if a happy tourist wanders in here, cool. Yeah, that's great. But to me, that's just extra. Right. Where the locals are the people who are here all year round. Yes. And you know, versus you know some places who are that tourist feast or famine business model. Yes. To me, sounds horrendous. Right. I'd rather do less yeah. and do it constantly. Right. Than it doesn't do- sound like it would be fun for you. And that's no. really what it sounds like. And I know this from speaking from my own age is like when you're in your forties, it's like, you know, time is your biggest asset because you know, the, the joints when the morning are a little tin manish and things have like starting to change since when you, we were in our twenties, then now you're like time matters. And I want to do shit that matters for me more than I want to do stuff that's going to make me money or like keep the business getting accolades or whatever. It's like, I want to have fun. Hence the reason why you got games in here and sure. All these things you're telling me. And I, cause I, I think you're absolutely right. When you get to our age, you realize not that, that we're that old. Like I'm talking like we're a hundred, <laughs> we have like a whole nother lifetime to live, but I, you know, right. But it's true. Cause you've, at that point, you've probably made money a couple different ways. So yeah. you've seen, you know, there's there's literally a bazillion ways to make money, provenly. Right. If you look at the world. Yeah. When you get to the 40s threshold, not that it's that old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you do, you do definitely realize, I think, that the thing you have the least of, without argument, is time. Yeah. So... Like for this, we jokingly say that, you know, part of the reason I did this whole project is so I could have the seeking secret gaming room up here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Which we do board games up all here all the time. There's a ton of role playing groups that use the room. Yeah. Uh, our friend Kathy Gilmore does a podcast out of here on nice. Thursday. Nice. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it worked out well. Yeah. And your wife probably loves it too. Cause she's like, cool. The man cave is not in the, in the house. It's in his place of business, which yeah. is great. Absolutely. Yeah. She actually works two doors down. So. She's a florist at Love and Bloom. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they come over here to get coffee. I too. just interviewed her. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. So her 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 episode is uh, gonna be popping probably in the next couple of weeks. So. Cool. 
Yeah, that's how I guess I'm. I'm making the line through. All You're working down the block, <laughs> right? Yeah. Working the block, um, and then I'm gonna go probably hit. Um, I forgot what his name is. Who runs the uh, the distillery over here? Paul. Yeah, Paul. Paul Mental. He's, yes. he's a cool guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard a lot of things. I met his mom actually, who's like was working the tasting room. My my wife and I went in. They were like, okay, we're gonna taste all these and drink a bunch of this and buy a bunch of this stuff. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you gotta interview my son. Yeah, so. he's a cool guy. And they're doing they're doing really good product out of there, which is nice. Yeah, it tastes great. We bought a bunch of bottles and <laughs> I've been sipping them every night. Of course, I like the most expensive ones, but but you know that's just how it works. Um, how long ago did you come to Key West? Twenty years. Wow. So it'll actually it'll be twenty years this coming December. Wow, yep. big, a big twenty year party going on over here, or is it maybe in the game room up here? A little secret yeah, we'll, party. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, why did you come? Was that the did do you just come for the first time and stay did you visit a bunch of times tell me that story um well we were talking before about you know awful vermont winters yeah full of snow and freezing cold temperatures and i had two friends that were coming down here uh and i had never even heard of key west right in all honesty they were like there are islands south of florida i was like get the fuck out of here really uh and like i said winter was approaching so i said sure i'll go check it out and being uh, so we got here in december of 99 and being a chef, and this town is so restaurant, yeah. you know, and bar, but yeah. restaurant driven too, uh, that it just was really easy to find work. And you know, fast forward twenty years, here we so are. you came and stayed, or yep. wow, so you're like, hey, uh, everybody, send my stuff. I'm I'm not coming back. Yeah, I'd already pared it down to the you know the essentials anyway. And, wow. Yep. Wow. So did you think like possibly I would be having a one-way ticket down there or it didn't even cross your mind until you got here? I was just literally just going to check it out Wow. Uh, and go for an adventure and then, uh, you know, fell into it and was able to work at a bunch of awesome restaurants and, you know, made a list of all the places that I wanted to w- work at or be the chef at and all of those I've done. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, it's incredible that you're like the fifth person that I've interviewed, and every single person I've interviewed so far was just like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go," and just picked up and went. And there was no testing the grounds. There's no let me see see if this is interesting first. There was just like I went and I stayed, or I just packed my shit and went. I mean, it's it's ballsy to do something like that. I mean, because I think you can, you know, they say you can never really go home, but I think you always could. Of you course. know what I mean? So of course, for me, I knew if it was awful and I hated it, uh, that I could head back to the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and being in, in your line of work at the time as a chef, you're like, okay, um, I'm going to go to places that I enjoy and, and that I could learn from and maybe cook in these different locations. Right. I mean, that's like the dream. I'm not a chef, but my, if I put on my chef hat, it was going to have the sure. dream. He'd be like, let me go to these places all over the world or all over the country and just work as a chef and like meet cool people. And then if I need to bounce, I bounce because people want to eat so I can cook. And if you're good, then you can cook anywhere. It's very, it's very true. And yeah. you know, down here I was, you know, got to be the chef at night at sunset key. So it was a private Island. Wow. I mean, it was a lot of fun, you yeah. know, and met some awesome people that are still very good friends of mine from wow. it. And how'd you get into being a chef? Uh, I don't know. Uh, both my parents actually love to cook, uh, not chefs by profession or anything, uh, but always, we grew up always having, you know, real made cooked meals at home. Uh, both my parents like to experiment with food, uh, which thinking back now is kind of funny because, I mean, that's Vermont in the 80s, yeah. and that must have been, there was no, you know, there was no Amazon, there was no Whole Foods, yeah. like... So sourcing some of that stuff they did kind of for the adventure of right. culinary was much harder at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what kind of sent me towards food. I've mm. always loved it. Uh, so you grew up in a household of food. Yep. Fell in love with it from osmosis. Yep. And then go to school for it or did you start working at a restaurant? Like how was how did the, it blossom? Uh, so there's actually a culinary uh, institute up in Vermont called New England Culinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good one. Um, and they operate a couple, they did at the time, a couple restaurants throughout Vermont. Um, and I ended up at, um, their flagship one was on church street, which is kind of like Burlington's Duval. Uh-huh. Um, and as a, a fine dining weight captain, actually. Wow. Uh, so front of the house 
and I became friends with one of their founding chefs, uh, this French master chef named Michel Laborge, mm-hmm. uh, and we became uh, like drinking buddies. Uh, so he let me take a lot of the courses uh, for free that weren't full wow. as long as I worked there. Yeah. So that was a great step towards it. Now, you know, I never got the paper right. that goes with that yeah, degree, but, but I also didn't get the bill. Yeah. So, right. but you, you know, got the talent and that's like really yeah. all that matters. I mean, nowadays. And, and I think, I think, you know, culinary and chef wise is one of those fields where the highest levels can be reached by various ways. Yes. It's not necessary. You don't have to have a degree necessarily. You can, you know, yeah. 40, 50 years ago, maybe, but now yep. it's, are you, are you putting out amazing food? Um, are your clients super happy? Are the, is, is it profitable and well-known? Then I mean, it's like being a celebrity nowadays. It's like you can be in the movies or you can create your own movies online and be successful doing that. So, sure. Um, not to compare you to, <laughs> to that business, but well, but, that, um, that was. I mean, though there is some comparison. I mean, not with me per se, but during when I started cooking, it still wasn't cool yet. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, there were some cool figureheads like Julia Child, right. you know, and Jock Papin and stuff. But there were it wasn't. There were no reality stars yet, like yeah. culinary stars. And that was interesting to see along the way too, where it became very fashionable. Right. And now kids were like, "Yeah, I'm going to be, you know, the next superstar chef." Yeah, you you didn't hear many like 16 year olds boys going into school and be like, "I can't wait to be a cook." Right. Right. And they're yeah. like, "I go sit at that table over there." Yeah, exactly. You know? Whereas now it's totally different. You know, I mean, now it's like it is has celebrity. So, oh, you're a chef. Oh, it's like celebrity status. Is it has it been attached to that in a lot of different ways? And, and we've seen it because even like I was saying at Sunset Key, we started an intern program mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of the culinary schools and stuff. And, you know, some were great. Uh, some interns were awesome, became good friends. But some you could tell. I mean, any schooling is a business. Yeah. You're selling something too. Of course. That's a product, you know. And what they must have been feeding some of these kids, you know, like, come to our school. You'll be the next, you know, superstar yeah, chef. Yeah, of course. And you had these kids coming in who didn't want had you know didn't know about a 50 hour week yeah didn't know about you know kind of the drudgery that went yeah. with it too and were yeah. very surprised that this was not you know right they're celebrity, not celebrity lifestyle they were promised no. in the kitchen so no no that's like one of the the hardest jobs to do um before you even get close to the celebrity status and once Absolutely. you're at that celebrity status you're so broken in so many ways because of all those years of that pain of doing that because as you know, the restaurant business could be gone. Your restaurant could be gone, like after having an enormous run, um, like any business, sure. right? It's like so many fail after one year, and then five years, another benchmark, and ten years. That's just a regular like technology company. Yep. The food business, it's like shit. You can be top dog. It has one of the highest yeah. rate of failures in any industry. Yeah, and that, and you know what the hardest part that I see, right, from an outsider is, is that if you are an artist. As a chef, like that, you just want to do it. You're doing it at home. You're doing it everywhere. You didn't even care if I'm making any money. You just want to be a chef. And then your your dream is to have this restaurant that people come to, and that now you can pay your bills doing the things that you love. And you you have finally made it, air quotes made it so that it's successful. Um, typically, <clears throat> excuse me, from a business standpoint, that's the time to sell it. Right? It's at its peak. Um, you're not going to get any more top dollar if you try to sell it. If you built an enormous business that's doing extremely well, this is a time to unload it. But as an artist, you finally reached the dream point. Right. You're like, I'm never going to sell this. And actually, it was because <clears throat> for a while, you know, especially throughout the U.S., a lot of the big, huge chefs were self-naming their restaurants. Yeah. Right. You know, you had, you know, Trotters in Chicago and mm-hmm. all these. And what happened is they actually found down the road. So they have these, you know, gangbuster restaurants yeah. that, that slay it and yeah. have for years and are, you know, total holdouts, you know, bastions of culinary yeah. awesomeness and all that. And then these people would want to retire, go to sell it and couldn't because they self-named it. So who's going to buy, you know. Right. Jocks and Jock is and retired. Jock's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. I mean, you have to have like an Emerald Lagasse status to be able to sell something like that where he's not in the restaurants anyway. But still, it's um, it's the same thing with business. If you're the owner and the operator of that business and it's super successful because you're the one steering the ship. Driving it. How yep. do you sell it? 
you can't sell you. You you're the one behind it, right? It's like being an athlete. Once you want, you can't sell that. You're the one scoring touchdowns, so you can't you know make those adjustments. Sure. Um. Why why do you think that you've continued to follow the path of this business? Like, because you're not serving food here, are you? Nope, we do. We don't do just any the snacks. Just and snacks, right? Only, yeah. So why did you make the move into this? I mean, are you cooking more at home? It sounds like you're passionate as a chef. Why not explore restaurant type business? Uh, we have, like, you know, like I said, we still have Kojin, which right. is Japanese noodle bar. But you're not there cooking, are you? Nope, right. nope. That's I have a staff that does that now. Uh, we had just um, done southernmost soups and salads and the dollhouse, which were uh, next to each other, an Indian place uh, and a lunch place uh, that we actually just closed. I'm gonna say a month ago now, uh-huh. two months ago now. Um, so culinary is always a part of me, and I'll always love it. Right. Now the thing we found out when we did the porch, though, I mean. If you take every reason why restaurants fail, mm-hmm. all the big reasons mm-hmm. why they fail, labor and waste and all that, yeah. and if you throw all that shit away, you know what you're left with? What? A bar. Yeah. It is the easiest thing to run yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, with a bar, I think you your job is to create the awesome ambiance. Right. After that, everyone has access to the same products. Yes. You know, you don't very few places have an exclusive line on right. this, you know, rum or that beer or that right. wine. Right. Every, You're not I, making your own beer here. You right. can buy this beer anywhere. Anyone can. Yeah. So it's really to try to make the ambiance of a place people want to spend time. Right. Uh, so for that part, it's way easier. Yeah. And also food wise, I'm kind of burnt right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine, you know, when you mentioned how difficult it was to get certain foods in Vermont, like down here, it's even got to be even harder because, I mean, you, things yeah. are being shipped up from Miami daily. Sure. Right. No, I mean, the supply line's a little longer, but again, we now live in an age where you can get anything yeah. from yeah. anywhere. In a pretty, you know, realistic well, amount of time. I think Key West uh, twenty years ago, Amazon isn't shipping stuff down here. You want something organic? Good luck, right? You better grow it. But now you can get anything. I mean, it, it's an easier time, definitely, to live in Key West because you can get everything delivered ground, like immediately. Absolutely, and also even like the purveyors, like you know Cisco and GFS and all those bigger purveyors uh-huh. that everyone uses. And people like to, you know poo-poo them a lot like Cisco the evil empire and all that which I mean you know maybe in a way or not but also Cisco kind of won the war in Florida and to that point they now deal with like organic orange juice growers in Florida you know what I mean so you can get all that stuff there yeah Yeah. it's not just the same we just sell you know prepackaged frozen shrimp that you're gonna refry it's gone way past that which is awesome I mean you can get crazy you can get black truffles from Cisco, right. all that stuff. Because well, they see the demand of what people want. They're yep. not idiots over there. They've got some great analysts. Yep. It's the same thing with Publix. It's like there's more and more organic stuff showing up in Publix, and it's all their green wise stuff because yep. they look and they're like, cool, for the last three years, it's been this grass-fed butter. So now we're going to do it. We, we, we've seen what happened. We see how much of it is sold that it's not ours. There's no cost to us because we're buying it in based on who buys it if it sells out all the time cool we'll put our own brand on it put it out there put it for less and people are buying ours more so Absolutely. it's like a great testing ground and also too i mean the, the biggest trend in the culinary world in the last probably 10 years is organic you know and all that yeah and because people i think people really see you know the rest of the world's going to shit yeah and the one th- one of the things they can control is what they put in their body yeah and I, and this is just my assumption, not being in that world, um, as somebody paying a, paying for the meal, if it's like, oh, it's a, or an organic filet mignon, you know, it's a grass-fed, oh, okay, it's $40, that makes more sense. Sure. So I think that you can, I, I'm assuming the your cost isn't that much more for them, but then on the retail side... You can put that cost to justify it more, or is that? It depends how you work your menu and your scale. I mean, a lot of times it's just simple, straightforward math. Right. You know, I mean, isn't it the bar, though, that is paying the bill of the restaurant most of the time, or? Depends on the restaurant. Okay. 
Yeah, because that's like what us laymans have always heard. It's like the restaurant pays certain bills and the bar makes you the profit. But you can in a combined aspect, probably absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, when they say that a lot, they're when they use the term bar like that, they're probably talking liquor bar. Yeah, because right, wine and liquor, like but but booze more than anything. Because okay. even beer and wine, like we have here, again, it's in a mathematical range, and you really can't go that far out of it right so you're like slicing margins when it comes to beer and wine compared to liquor the 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 universal truth always has been and probably always will be the margins that can be made on booze Uh and i'm talking liquor right not beer and wine like we have here but liquor liquor right nothing touches it it's amazing yeah i mean it's (laughs) well yeah i mean if you think about like okay let's use like a gray goose for an example and then you're putting two shots, let's say, in a cocktail, and you're serving that with orange juice, which is nothing, and you're serving that for 10 to $12, just think about how many shots are in a bottle. That, and then you go further down that rabbit hole, okay, and that's the bottle as most priced, as most normal people know. Yeah. Now you're buying case deals and stuff like that, and that thing's even dramatically getting lower, so yeah. that math is dramatically getting better on the ratio aspect. Wow. Yep. Wow, so the booze. So are you planning on adding that to here, like nope. getting a liquor license? You're like, listen. Nope, not at all. We're, we're, we're 40-something smart dudes now. We want to have fun. We want to have fun with our people here. We want to have fun with our clients. We want to have fun ourselves. And that other headache of all that other shit is not what we want to deal with. Part of that's exactly true, the headache part of it. I yeah. wouldn't even want liquor in here if I was offered a liquor mm-hmm. license. There's just other headaches that come with it, which is, you know, kind of in the scene we're not trying to you right. know deal in right the crowd you don't want that crowd right right um yeah. i mean and also it's key west there are literally 200 fucking places yeah. within half a mile that have that right so go do it have exactly that. you have your edge of what you're doing here and you're staying in that lane but I, you know what i love the most is that you what you said which to me is the most important for any business when they have longevity is you're catering toward the locals, which is like catering toward your fan base, that core group of people that you're not going, how can we make as much money as possible? Let's do deals with the cruise ships or let's do the deals with all the local hotels. You're like, look, let's get the locals. Let's have them love this place. And then if tourists want to come in, they come in. Well, and I mean, it happens naturally too because in any place you're at, if the locals are your fans and love you, yeah, that's the person, you know, who's going to be asked when they're bringing in someone's luggage at a hotel. Hey, where should I go? Yeah, and they'll tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it goes hand in hand. Uh, of course, of course. That's what I mean. You you market to the locals. The locals market to everybody else. Because if I'm coming in, if I'm visiting someplace, and I ask a local, "Hey, where where should I go?" That the locals go. I want to go there because right. you know it's not going to be a big tourist trap. You know, it's going to have more substance to it. And I, and I think. Today's day and age, too, you have a more informed traveler. Yeah. I mean, you still get people who are just going to pile off the cruise ship, you know, go to Sloppy Joe's, right. get their plastic cup and go back on the cruise ship. Yeah. And that's cool. Right. And nothing, you know, that's all and cool that's for what, that. That's why Duval has its places. Exactly. But I, I think in today's age, the getting to a place and asking the local, where do I go? is much more prevalent. Yeah. Now. Oh yeah. And then social media. I mean I see sure. I see you like starting to crush social out there. I saw like seven posts go out in a, in a couple <laughs> of days. I'm like, all right, good. I see it. They're they're starting the engines are starting to rev because showing people via social is like one of the best ways to you have fun too because you can do more of documentation than having to have like perfect creativity you could be like cool i'm gonna do live shots here i'm putting stuff on stories we're having a meeting down here and eh, let's put that on there i mean you can do that now and sure. the customer the people want to see behind the scenes we don't want to see perfect all the time anymore and also i mean social media is the biggest freest craziest coolest advertising platform that we've ever had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Because back in the day, like most of the places that we've done, we, we never did advertising. A, we didn't need to. Again, we were from targeting the locals and all that. Right. But also with that, because normal old school advertising, how do you quantify it? Right. I'm paying someone to get my name out there now. Do the people have to bring in a, a stub or a t- it's just all... Yeah, you it was I mean? all branding. It was all branding, and, and it was very hard to quantify what you got back in return for the money you put out. Mm-hmm. 
where now if you look at Facebook and Instagram, it's it's all right. free. Right. You can do an event, you post a thing, it's gonna go to, you know, five thousand people that you would target anyway for it. Yeah. And there you go. Well, you know what else is cool, like what I do with clients is you could put stuff out organically. You can see what the people like, not what you think the people like. And then those things that perform the best, you can then do paid advertising on social media against that. And it's so underpriced right now that you're spending, you could spend $25 to get a massive amount of people to, to notice what you're doing. I mean, it's you, so cheap. You can spend an $8 Facebook boost. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. No, nope. it's definitely, um, it's definitely the way to go. And, and once people wrap around the fact that people are not watching TV commercials anymore, billboards, I mean, the drivers are looking at their phones, let alone people in the cars. They're not looking out there. Now, granted, Key West is a little different, right? The, the newspaper and flyers and that stuff still works down here in this market to those tourists. Yep. But to the generalized people, all that really expensive vanilla advertising is in the toilet now. And yep. It's so expensive that you can put free stuff on on social. You can get people to tell you what they like, and then you can pay to advertise against that to then get more people to then talk about your place. And that's yeah, like and, huge branding. And specialized you know, metrics and stuff where you can actually find the clientele you're going after too. Yeah. yeah versus yeah. whether whether it's a billboard or something. That's just hope. Exactly. Hope advertising. Yeah, spray. Spray <laughs> right. and pray. Whereas this, you can target this age group that have graduated from, th- have this degree, which this much money, this sex, um, that like these things and don't like that. Yep. Like, target that. Where else can you do that? I mean, back in the day, if somebody said, oh, I can do that on TV, you'd be like, that's $10 million. Now this is like nothing to do something like that, which is great. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, so how has business changed since when you first started? And we can we can just say like the bar business or or you know even running your business. How has it changed since when you first started? On the bar side of things, just uh, in general. Uh, I find on the bar side of things, the stuff we've noticed is you know the the late night crowd mm-hmm. is not as prevalent as it was when mm-hmm. we were you know fifteen years ago here mm-hmm. going out you know and partying at night. Key West used to be very much. You know, midnight till four in the morning right. plus. That was, you know, kind of the norm. And I think that's dropped at back a little bit. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong, there's still bars that are busy at night, but I think it, you get closer to like the two o'clock, right? You know, and AM and, and people starting earlier. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I, if it's because I'm in that age group because I'm not staying out late anymore, but I just remember in the 90s in South Beach or up in New York, it's like, the growth of the hotel bar started to happen. And that was like cool because nothing opened until 11, 12 o'clock really in South Beach. And you'd go out to dinner at 11 and I'm like, what am I in Spain over here? Like I need to like, I, I'm in bed at 11. I'm not eating dinner. Right. Uh, and then the hotel bar thing started where it was like, people were like, listen, I'm done at work at five or six. What am I going to do from now to 11? There's got to be some other thing. And I think, that evolved and seemed to like it moved its way down here too. Yep. Yep. So Thank I think God. That, right, exactly. <laughs> so I think the time, you know, spent at nights a little differently. And I think I think bars have almost kind of fractured into specializing a little more now. Yeah. Again, fifteen years ago, a bar was a bar was a bar. Right. You can get a shot, you can get a rum and coke, you can get a Miller Lite. Uh but I think, you know, now there's more it's a craft beer place. Right. You're such as Bud Light or Miller right, Light. Right. Or it's a wine bar. Yeah. Or it's a craft cocktail bar. Yeah. You know, you want the $18 drink and the smoke and, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. So I think bars have started to specialize out a little more. Mm. So they're like giving what their core customer wants instead of just saying like, here's everything. Um, or, or what they want to provide. Mm. You know, sometimes I think it's a dangerous game to play the we are going to give the people what they want right. to, to a point. I yeah. think that's correct. But I think with that, sometimes you can end up chasing your tail a little yeah. bit like now, do they want this or what do they want now? Right. And chasing the fad. You, right. And then yeah. you're kind of, you know, going after it, after it retroly after it's yeah. happened. Yeah. No, that makes sense because if that was the case, you may be like, okay, they want shots. So we got to get a liquor license and exactly. they don't want these, these games. They want other things. And, but you're sticking to what you love. 
and and I think, but in that way, it comes across organically and real too. Yeah, we we did this because this is what we wanted to do. This was our vision. This is you know the 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 landscape we wanted to make. Yeah, if that's you know cool for you and you like that, cool. Right. If not, that's cool too. No harm, yeah. no foul. Exactly. And there's a thousand other specialized bars yeah. out there yeah. to find the exact little niche. Of what you want for your nightlife, whatever that is. Right. No, that's awesome. I, I love that mentality of of um, not just doing it for the customer, having them in mind um, and having care for them, but being like, look, man, I've done this enough. I want to have fun while I'm doing this. People seem to like the things that I like. I'm attracting cool people that are similar to me. Let's just keep doing it and, and having fun during this period of time. Why? Um, so the porch was doing so well. Why did it, you think about, okay, we have a brand, let us try to sell this as opposed to just closing it? Uh, like I said, because it was a lease issue that got weird with the landlord. Uh, my business partner at the time, Chris Schultz, and I uh, had kind of parted ways. Uh-huh. Uh, just it, it had been a long run, right. you know, a long and successful run, but you know, people change along the way and people yeah. end up wanting different stuff over right. a long enough timeline and that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a lot what prompted it too. And the porch was so specific to the building Yeah. that it, that was really a, what made a, a lot of it very cool. I mean, the staff was great and the customers were great, yeah. but the building made a lot of it. Right. And same type of thing. Sometimes it's, I think, smarter to let something go or fade away at its correct time yeah. than trying to keep something alive. And again, that's not where I wanted to spend my time in yeah. that type of range anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it was just, it was the correct ending point. Right. You know, that makes a lot of sense because now that's an at, like you having owned that in the business you're in now seems like it's an asset. Whereas if it was still going on with a different owner and it was crap, you'd be like, Oh, you were associated with that because maybe they just see the new version. Sure, absolutely. Which is great. What um, what piece of advice would you give yourself if you were starting this whole thing over again? Whew. Like back in Key West over. Or if some young buck was coming into Key West or some other state and was like, I want to do this. What should I do? All right. Uh, I, I think a hard lesson in Key West is I don't know if I would do a lot of these projects again. Well, I would go about it differently. I would go after trying to get the real estate that the project was based in. Mm. Like purchasing? Yep. Yeah. Which is a hard one in Key West yeah. because real estate's so expensive. Yeah. Uh, but without that, you get, and we've seen it a couple times now, you know, because any business, any any project you do, it, it, it takes a while for it to become successful. Yeah. You know, you have a, hopefully you have a great idea. Hopefully you execute it well. Hopefully you do the work and the time that's needed to yeah. get it up and going. Mm-hmm. Well, just about the time that it's up and going and has kind of gotten its own legs and become its own little monster, you know, financial, which is awesome, is right about the time you're going to do a lease negotiation again. Yeah, right. And that just sucks because now you're, you know, at the behest of some other person. Yeah. And if they're coming in in the last 12 months and they like, wow, this place is packed, they must be doing well, they're not going to mind if I... Up the rent you know, 40%. Pillage yeah, seriously. So, Especially if, if the neighbors are doing it or if they know real estate and they're like, where are they going to go? They can't go anywhere else and pay. They're going to pay the new price or more. Then we're going to do it. It's like what happened on Lincoln Road in Miami sure, Beach where it's exactly. like crazy. And it's funny because it's a, it's a restaurant row now. Like people don't. If you look, people go and there's no bags. No one's buying things there. It's not a shop. It's not a walking shopping mall anymore. Yeah, it's just go there, eat or have a drink, or it's like billboards. That's why they're paying those. Like Nike is there, not to sell shoes, but to market their business. Sure, it's crazy. And I always, I always found Miami a little terrifying. The fact from the culinary aspect, where it seemed to me that even if a restaurant was awesome and great product and done well, Miami has this. It's only so new for a while type of mentality. Yeah. What's a bigger, better deal like to the max? What's there? the newest, coolest yeah. thing to, and that driving some places out that should never have gone out that were good. You yeah. know what I mean? That were standards. For sure. uh, but that's Miami. Yeah. Um, that's the, the, the relationships there too. It's like, okay, I'm done with you. Who's next? I'm exactly. done with that car. Who's next? I'm done with this house. What's next? Yep. It's like nuts. Um, so aside from the real estate thing, 
I have to, I guess, happily say in retrospect, talking to you right now, I wouldn't have done much differently. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we've done some great projects, you know, met a thousand amazing people along the way. Uh, And, you know, those people are part of this community. And like I said before, that's the coolest part about the pulse of it. It is. You know, we jokingly call it the biggest small town in the world. That's, that's like what I say too. I mean, it's like, it is such a small town, but not because you have a million people coming through here every year. It's nuts. Yep. But the locals have that mentality. Like, But still, you'll find out you know, you're going to end up going down the street to work, and you're going to stop and say hi to the six people you know along the way. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And also, I mean, it benefits business, too, uh, because we all know there's you know some theft inherent yeah. in the bar and restaurant business. There yeah. always is. There right. always has been. You right. know, it's never going to be stamped out. Right. But down here in Key West, we found, you know, with employees, whether it was at the bar or at a restaurant, they can't really steal enough from you before they're caught to make it it worth being voted off the island, which is kind of what would happen because it is such a, you know, for sure. If someone founds out that they're stealing, I mean, they're they're done on Key West. No one's going to hire them. It's too small of a, you know, the coconut telegraph, as everyone will know. So that, I mean, that's beneficial business-wise. Mm. It takes some of that worry away. That's nice. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you can still have someone steal from you. Of course. They steal and then they leave. But right. It's, it's not going to be like... But, or going. like Miami, you right. know, or any big city. I'm not. I'm certainly not shitting on Miami. Yeah. There are parts of Miami I like a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, mostly Winwood. But... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but with Miami or any big city of that demographic level, you could fuck someone over, move 20 blocks... Yeah. No one knows. Exactly. And you can do it again. And, and that, the owner may be like, of the new place, like, I don't care because I didn't like that guy screwed over anyway. He probably deserved it. Right. So that's a totally different mentality. Yep. Here. So down here, I, I, you know, down here, you you can't kind of be a shitbag for long before yeah. it's it's known. Right, right. Which is cool. So what would your, what would your close friends say you do for a living? Uh, a lot of them uh, would say they don't know. A lot of them would say they don't know right now. Uh, would yeah, they so, say he's a chef? Would they say he he's a bartender? I mean, what the uh, chef or bar owner? You know, I, yeah. I hate a lot of those terms. Like yeah, restaurateur. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm putting most of my effort into here right now, okay. which has been fun and awesome. Uh, like I said, culinary wise, I'm a little burnt out. Yeah, uh, just because it's been such a long trek. What about at home though? Or is it still you're like fork and knife down? At home, I cook all the time. Okay. I, so you still love it. You just maybe love the private part of it now. Well, it's a, you know, it's a hard thing. You know, my dad had said to me, you know, when I was a kid, he's like, go master a skill. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Right. Because uh, the thought behind it was if you do something you like, yeah. you, A, it's way more enjoyable. B, you get way better at it because you do it more. Right. You know, versus some tired, you know, yeah. dreary job. Uh, so I went and I did it and I love food and I'll always, it'll always be a part of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like we talked about before with the industry, like I love cooking. I don't want to do it for 16 hours a day yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. You just love it for you now. Right. 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 So and, like and family gatherings I, or friends coming over, you're like, exactly. Dinner parties at the house. That's all still awesome yeah. and cool. And you know, will I get back into food at some point? I think so. Yeah. I just, it, it would, it's going to be a little while and it's going to be. Well, I think with everything else we're doing now is just we're going to pick the stuff we want to do. Right. Well, the thing about being an artist, because being a chef is an artist for sure, is it's art is art. So whether you do it for your wife or even yourself or you do it for a thousand customers, it doesn't matter. You're doing it because you love to do it. Sure. The so, process of it. Yeah. And I think remove, that's what's important in any yeah, art. Yeah. So let's remove the shitty part of it, which is dealing with somebody sending something back a hundred times or the staff or whatever you may have to deal with and just do the fun part of the art. Or, or working every holiday or <laughs> yeah, I mean, or every night. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So now you can come play some games, hang out with some friends and, and have an awesome time. Yep. So it definitely seems like a, an easier, an easier thing to do. Um, okay. That, that ends the. The drilling questions. Now we're getting into the personal questions. All right. This always scares people no, because I'm like, it. personal, oh no. But it's really not, they're really not that personal. It's just more of what is your favorite event to attend in Key West? Ooh. <laughs> what is my favorite event to attend? Uh, 
I don't even know. And I, I'm, I know I'm going to come off as like the Grinch on this one. Uh, well, people have said like the, the locals. I mean, some of this are like the typical answers that people will give because I think they should say it. Well, like, like the locals pray. Yeah, you know. Which, like, which but here, here's what I'm saying. You know, Fantasy Fest and all that down here, because of the porch and the business we are in and the mayhem of it. Yeah. I mean, that week, although super fun, yeah, was, also, <laughs> was also soul crushing. Yeah. I mean, by the end, you know, you were in fetal position just being like, make this weekend, yeah. you know. So I've been through so many of them. Right. Now they're almost not appealing to me. Yeah, makes sense. And I forget because my, my wife, who has been down here now for I'm five years, we've been married for three, mm-hmm. um, I have to forget or I have to remember every once in a while that she is not, you know, she hasn't been a thousand times and she's not jaded yeah. as I am on certain events. So yeah. I'll be like, okay, honey, let's go to the whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, I it wouldn't even I don't even know if it would be an event. Uh, I think there's a lot of cool private dinners and dinner clubs that go on. Oh yeah, yeah, and we enjoy those. Is that like a group of friends dinner club or? Uh, there's some of that that happens. Uh, our friends uh, Robin Maria Sharp, who I'll cook, mm-hmm. uh, and their chef Martha, right. they do continual events and stuff. Awesome. Uh, Lost Kitchen uh, out on Stock Island. Uh-huh. Uh, with uh, Miguel Liz and Layla Barr. They do some cool stuff. Awesome. So there's still some cool kind of underground-y culinary stuff. Yeah. We do a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Event, that sounds like more Event-wise, I'm kind of burnt. Right. Uh, From the major. Yeah. I mean, the big ones always were like the tutu party and stuff, uh-huh. which are still great. Right. I just, you know. Yeah, you just have like scars. Right. <laughs> bird marks that yep. you just don't want to revisit. Uh, I actually think, you know, hopefully Fantasy Fest has kind of turned a corner and is kind of hopefully coming back towards kind of cool and creative. That's what they're trying to do. Yep. Cause, uh, which is, which is, it needs to be done. Yeah. Because originally, 20 years ago, it was way cooler and creative and yeah. neat costumes. And, and then I think in the interim part, it kind of turned into like, Old person, yeah, uh, you know, old person spring break, and, and right? Right. right. And, Grandma wants to go put on some pasties. Yeah. You shouldn't be seeing any of that kind and, of stuff. I, and well, that each to their own. I don't even right. care, but that shouldn't have been the main focus yeah, the of Fantasy Fest, are, exactly. Right. Well, I'm working with Nadine, and sure, like, I had her on the podcast yep. first episode, and um, that's, her and Marky, I think he, they're doing a great job yeah. trying to bring it back towards something creative. Yeah, they're just getting more into. The, the Burning Man type crowd mindset and less of just the Mardi Gras, right? So it's a mixture of both because yep. sometimes 60-year-olds want to go nuts and it's a safe place to do that, but not just that. Right, and like variety. I said, more power to them. And they yeah. should still have those parties and do Kelly's Kinky Carnival yeah. and all that. Awesome. Yeah. But the whole week shouldn't be focused on that type of mentality, I right. think. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, yep. because it's something that I want my kid to see the – the f- the, some parts of it, right? right? The fun parts of it. I mean, he can see the weird too. I'm fine with that. But like the the costumes and the dress up and the floats and the parades and all that stuff's awesome. And that creativity, the zombie bike ride, like that's yep. some creative shit that that makes you know Key West like what it is. Those those parts of it. Yep. And I think actually with zombie bike ride and even the two two party in the beginning because the you know before Fantasy Fest was one long week but because they threw in the earlier events now it almost makes it like two different weeks yeah. where it seems like a lot of the cool creative stuff is in the beginning mm. and midweek those people leave right all the other you know normal come on thursday come on thursday yeah. and you have you know the main parade and all that right but it's almost split into like two events now. well that's also the hotel pricing i mean come wednesday it's thursday crazy. it's getting a thousand dollars a night so it gets a little, yep. right? It's like Wynwood to South Beach, right? Wynwood is so cool and creative because you got hipsters over there that are like, I can't go over there. I don't want to spend $20 for a beer. And I want to have a little bit more fun and be able to show and highlight my own creativity yep. at the time that I'm at. So yep. that's cool. I'll probably be hitting a little bit more. I'm going to do the whole thing this year because I'm working with Nadine, but also because it's our, I've never been. I mean, being in Miami and coming to Key West maybe 40 times, never came to Fantasy Fest. Okay. Because the lore behind it then was like, you're going to see grandma like with her boobs out. And I didn't, I didn't really wasn't <laughs> into that. 
But now, being here, I'm going to go and, and just browse a lot of the things with family. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, zombie bike ride, because we helped do the first one of it. Actually, the end point of it was at the porch. Oh, yeah. Um, That's right. It ended on the porch. Yeah, in the first year. Uh, you know, and there was, I think, you know, we expected, like, a hundred bikers and there was like 400 or something. Yeah. And we were like, holy shit, this is out of control. And then just to see it grow where now, I mean, 10,000. Yeah. Last yeah. year was nine. Yeah. 9,000. I think something they hit. Yeah. And like 10,000 spectators. So you're like 20,000 people around yep. that whole thing. It's awesome. Yep. And it's the pictures I saw from last year. We're like, holy cow, the creativity. Of and and right. Cause it's back to being a creative event, which is important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, what's the only purpose of it is to be creative. And it's kind of its own standalone thing, which I like. Like from a sales standpoint, from a sponsorship, it's difficult to sell, uh, f- more difficult to sell Fantasy Fest as a whole because no one's buying tickets for the event. Right. And there's a hundred pocket parties. But from a patron standpoint, that's awesome because you can just get lost in so many different things to do that you could say, I'm sticking away from the big events and just go to the local Absolutely. smaller events and like have my own cool stuff there or just stay in these four hotels and there's always something going on there, Yep, which I love. Um, what about favorite hidden local spot? Could be restaurant, could be place to go. Favorite hidden local spot? Um, one of my favorite hidden little local bars. Yeah, that could uh, be a bar. It's called The Roost. Okay. Uh, that's on Fleming Street. Okay. Uh, great small little hideaway place done well. Uh-huh. Um, actually, right across uh, is my favorite wine bar. That's Uva uh-huh. uh, with Mark. Uh, that's a great spot. Um, you know, you get the classics like uh, Louis Backyard for the after deck and for a drink. Right. That's what everybody said. <laughs> you know, for the drink. For the drink. Uh, I think it's one of the, you know, coolest places to have a drink and yeah. watch the sunset. Yeah, yeah. Um, a place actually I didn't really know that much about uh, before my wife started working there was uh, the Galleon mm-hmm. uh, Tiki. Uh, the Galleon Tiki. Uh, awesome sunset and cool staff there. and Kind of a little bit of a hideaway yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, that was probably my favorite. Now. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what about for local music? Like, hey, I want to go listen to some live music. Where do I go? Uh, I mean, there's, you know, tons of venues. I think my favorite local musician mm-hmm. is Tony Baltimore. Okay. Uh, who's also a good friend of ours. Plays all around the town. And I think one of the f- most fun events that they do, uh, they do a project called the Beatles Band. Okay. Uh, and they do uh, a night of all uh, Beatles covers, normally at the Pair or something, and that's yeah. a really good time. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these questions are all for my selfish uh, reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> down here, it's like, yes. I'm like, cool. I have it recorded, so I can go yeah. back and write it all down. Um, it's it's just great to to get this from the locals, you know, like the places to go. Um, because like, where would you go? Right. That's like, for me, I'm not going to particularly go to sloppy Joe's, which I like going sometimes, but all the time, but it's like, cool. Once you're in the rhythm of being in a, a place, you have your favorites of things you want to do. Sure. What about tourist attraction that if family or friends who have never been here come into town that you'll do? Uh, a, you have to get out on the water. Yeah. I mean, and that's in whatever respect that right. is to you, whether you is that parasailing, is that yeah. paddleboarding, whatever is that? You know, our favorite thing to do at this point is uh, to rent a boat or, you know, rent one of our, have one of our friends who has a boat business, you know, bring us out. We'll all go to a sandbar, you know, throw up some shade and sit on the sandbar and chat and drink. Yeah. That's a great time. Right. Uh, But attraction wise, aside from the natural water and that could be fishing. I mean, it's huge. It's endless here, which is awesome. Right. Um, Probably the Butterfly Observatory. Yeah. That place is cool, man. Yeah. No, I love going there. My wife has like just said to me, like, I'm going to get that annual membership because she grows monarchs in our backyard. She's oh, okay, been doing cool. that forever. And having an 11-year-old, he loves seeing all that. And there's like butterflies. They just keep coming back. And the whole story with them is that it's like three or four generations and then they go to Mexico. So it's like the, the huge migration. Yeah. Like multi-million will go because I think the butterfly lives like a week or two. And then it lays eggs where it was birthed from, and then the next one does it again. And by the fourth one, 
it gets up and it flies and it's like there for a year and then comes back to New England and California yep. all over the place. So that whole, you know, March of the Monarch or whatever they have on Netflix, it's like incredible to watch. Right. All right. So this was awesome. I had a really good time talking to you. Where That's could fine. people um, find you? I'll put all the stuff in the show notes, but website, you have a website yet for, for, Nope, nope. Are you uh, planning to, or you're like, cool, we're going to keep it social and low-key, so no website either? No, I, I don't think we'll do a website here. Uh, I mean, we have, you know, it's Glitchcraft yeah. on Facebook or Instagram. Cool. Uh, we post a lot of stuff there. Yeah, I mean, crazy, most crazy people go do. there to find stuff anyway. Right. Awesome. So uh, I'll make sure to put all those handles in the search show notes so people cool. can yeah. can find you there and, and come here. We don't we want it to, to stay cool. We don't want a big line out the door. <laughs> we we don't want assholery to begin forming. We we want to keep it fun here. So I really appreciate the time and, and this is a spot my wife and I will really enjoy. So we'll be back. Cool, this has been great. Thanks. Yes, thanks.